Good afternoon. This is Pamela, and you are listening to Watchmen on the Pod. Oh, boy, today is Passover. Praise God. Thank you, Jesus. Happy Passover to everyone. Um, I had started today to uh, do a live video on YouTube. I never do it. I really don't understand it. Don't even know if people can hear me. Well, until today, I found that somebody was hearing me. Um, I can't remember her name, but it doesn't matter who, her, who she is. She had called me a heretic because I said, should, you know, believers, followers of Yahashua HaMashiach, Jesus Christ, celebrate Passover? And she said, no. And then she called me a heretic. Well, you know what? If you don't want to celebrate Passover, that's your prerogative. That's absolutely fine. I am not by any means a Hebrew roots mover. Um, I am not a sacred namer. I am a born again child of God through the shed blood of the Lord Jesus Christ of Nazareth. And he is our Passover lamb. Now, I also believe with all of my heart that when he did the Last Supper with the disciples and he said do this often do this in remembrance of me and then he said the broken bread was his body was his flesh consume it and they ate it together just like they did the Passover lamb in Exodus and then he said this wine here it represents my blood which is poured out for the new covenant the New Testament I believe that is a perfect picture beautiful picture of what the Passover why would I want to celebrate Passover it's not to go back under the yoke of bondage it's not to be legalistic but it's to celebrate what Christ Jesus did for me praise God he had said do this in remembrance of me Apostle Paul says do it often but he also said make sure that when you do it you better examine yourself to make sure that you're eating and drinking worthily because if you do it unworthily you're eating and drinking yourself under damnation so is it wrong? Is it heretical for a born-again believer in Jesus Christ to celebrate Passover? No, it's not. But myself personally, and I will take a stand on this, I believe it is absolutely wrong for a believer to celebrate Easter. I believe that is absolutely wrong. That is paganism, and it is a slap in God's face. We do not celebrate Passover. As a matter of fact, we don't celebrate Good Friday because he didn't die on a Friday, just to let you know. Study the Word of God. Show yourself approved when you rightly divide the Word, and you will find that Jesus Christ did not die on a Friday. He was three days three nights, 72 hours in the heart of the earth. He was not being tortured by Satan as some famous ministers say that he was no he was not he did not endure the wrath of satan no he did not he endured the wrath of god for your sins and my sins that was laid upon him and he did that while he was alive at noon to three o'clock in the afternoon and at three o'clock in the afternoon is when they began to kill the passover lambs and jesus died at three praise God and he did for you and me celebrate it if you want don't celebrate it if you don't want the choice is yours but please don't let anyone judge you for celebrating it and don't anyone judge you for not celebrating it but don't you go about judging other people and calling them names because they want to there's nothing wrong with it I do not celebrate Christmas I do not celebrate Easter I do not celebrate any pagan holidays whatsoever and I certainly do not celebrate Halloween but if I want to celebrate the feast of God the feast of the Lord they're not Jewish feasts it's the feast of the Lord if I want to celebrate those I'm certainly not a heretic because I want to do so and I'm not putting myself 
back under the law. So I'm not suggesting anyone else do it. If you feel it's legalistic, then don't do it. But don't sit there and uh, call names on other people. You know, you will be judged for every word that proceeds out of your mouth. For out of your mouth, the heart speaks, does it not? Or the out of the heart, the mouth speaks. That's how it goes. Anyway, this is what I'm going to do. Fun thing, fun thing, fun thing. Now, I wrote a book many years ago. Never had it published. <clears throat> now I understand what had prevented me. And obviously it was the Lord. But it's because this book, I still had believed, adhered to a pre-tribulation rapture. I do not anymore. And there's also other things that over the period of time, the Lord has opened up more to me and gave me a greater understanding on things and showed me in scripture where, you know, I had, you know, I was wrong on this point and showed me and opened up more to me. But what I would like to do is begin to read this book, believe it or not. And uh, there might be parts that I completely omit. There might be parts that I'll read and then go back and explain on why I've changed my point of view on that. Um, it's all God. It's not Pam. It's all God. I praise him. I thank him. I love him. And this is for his glory. And it just goes along with the Feast of Unleavened Bread, which is seven days. Praise God. And uh, starts off with what? Them killing the lamb. And Jesus Christ is the Lamb of God, which was slain before the foundation of the world. Um, I was trying to do this and try to make Passover dinner all at the same time. And it's absolutely crazy. I have so many uh, flowers that I'm able to use. But, you know, let's just put it plain. You just shouldn't. <laughs> because I have chickpea flour. I have coconut flour. I have almond flour. Um, oh, what's the other flowers I have? I have other flowers too. But wouldn't you know, I don't have all-purpose flour. And I don't have matzo meal. So I tried to make shift. And it's just nasty. I'll be honest with you. Did not like it. I could not get it to roll out flat at all. I had to make it into patties. And I thought, well, I'll just try it anyway and eat it myself. Just because I didn't want to waste it, right? Well, it's just gross, so I threw it away. <laughs> don't make, don't try to make flatbread with coconut flour, chickpea flour, olive oil, salt, and uh, water. That's what I just did, and I didn't like it. Didn't like it at all. So, anyway, I'm going to send Nikki off to the store to see if she can get me some uh, all-purpose flour, and I'll do it that way. Now, I tried to make matzo ball soup, right? But I had to do it homemade because... Number one, I don't have a vehicle. Uh, number two, a lot of stores are out of everything. So I thought, well, you know, I'll just, well, I'll just make shift it, right? You know, it just makes their own leaven in it. Well, you know, it's nothing but like a thick chicken dumpling soup without the chicken. Because there's chicken broth in it. So I don't know. It's just all funny. But, you know, praise God, you know, like I said, it, you know, I'm not, you know, it's not legalistic. I'm just celebrating this day because Christ Jesus died upon that cross for me. And he shed his precious, holy, holy, holy blood for you and I so that we may be saved. You know, he saved us from our sins. Praise God. He washed us clean. It says in the book of Isaiah, though your sins be as scarlet, he will make them white as snow. Will he not? Thank you, Jesus. All right, here we go. Oh, excuse me. 
I think that was a cross between a hiccup and a burp. I'm not sure. Please excuse me, though. Okay, this right here is going to be the introduction. I titled it The Cross, by the way. And that is what this was called. Um, and I'm just going to jump right into it. You know, jump right into it. The Cross. Let's look at four men that were present during the mock trial, the beatings, the humiliation, and finally to the cross, where the Savior of the world hung. Let's look at these four men, who, during the suffering, remained unmoved, yet were used by God to fulfill prophecy that very day. Then after the last prophecy relating Jesus' death was fulfilled, these men, along with the centurion, feared greatly and said, Truly, this was the Son of God. These four men have no name. All we know about them are they were soldiers, Roman soldiers, doing a job. Without a doubt, there were more than four soldiers that day, but it is these four in particular I would like to focus on. How do I come up with four soldiers? John chapter 19, 23 through 24. Then the soldiers, when they had crucified Jesus, took his garments and made four parts to every soldier apart and also his coat. Now the coat was without seam, woven from the top throughout. They said, therefore, among themselves, let us not rend it, but cast lots for it, whose it shall be, that the scripture might be fulfilled, which saith, they parted my raiment among them, and for my vesture they did cast lots. These things, therefore, the soldiers did. We find in Matthew twenty-seven thirty-six, after they had parted the garments and cast the lots, that they sat there and watched him. It's just another day to them. Nothing special. Just another day in their minds. Just another Jew. Jesus had five pieces of clothing. Four pieces went to each soldier. And one piece, lots, were cast for. Number one would have been sandals. Number two, headgear. Number three, an outer garment. Number four, a sash or a belt. And number five, a coat. That is in the English word for tunic, which is the undergarment that was worn. According to Leviticus 21.10, it says, And he that is the high priest among his brethren, upon whose head the anointing oil was poured, and that is consecrated to put on the garments, shall not uncover his head, nor rend his clothes. Therefore, Jesus' clothes was not tore to separate it amongst the four. Lots was cast for it. <clears throat> Jesus is our high priest, and it is not by accident that his clothing was never torn. The high priest wore in that day something similar to the tunic that Jesus wore. Go to Exodus chapter 39, 22 through 23. And he made the robe of the ephod of woman work all of blue. And there was an hole in the midst of the robe, as the hole as the hold of an habergon, with a band round about the hole that it should not rend. Now, we find these soldiers in John nineteen one through five. Then Pilate therefore took Jesus and scourged him, and the soldiers plaited a crown of thorns and put it on his head, and they put on him a purple robe and said, "Hail, King of the Jews!" And they smote him with their hands. 
Pilate therefore went forth again, and saith unto them, Behold, I will bring him forth to you, that ye may know that I find no fault in him. Then came Jesus forth, wearing the crown of thorns, and the purple robe. And Pilate saith unto them, Behold the man. Mark fifteen seventeen says, and they clothed him with purple, and plaited a crown of thorns, and put it upon his head, and began to salute him, Hail, King of the Jews! And they smote him on the head with a reed, and did spit upon him, and bowed their knees, worshipping him. And when they had mocked him, they took off the purple robe from him, and put his own clothes on him, and led him out to be crucified. There is little doubt. I'm going to sneeze. Excuse me. <laughs> Mm. Okay, there is little doubt that these soldiers were a part of fulfilling God's prophecy of his son unknown to them. You can find some of these prophecies in Psalm 22, Isaiah 52, and 53. There's so many more. These men were living out the word of God so close to the cross without recognizing this man is their savior. This man is God. This man was the word they were fulfilling. How is it possible to be so close to the cross and not know this? Now, let's look at three possible reasons why they seem to be numb to the truth that the creation was crucified, the creator. Number one, familiar. By the time Jesus was executed on the cross, it was already the favorite method of execution. History tells us that over 30,000 people had already died by crucifixion in Judea area before Jesus did. It was their job. They were numb to it. You see the cross all the time. It loses the effect and becomes a familiar part of the scenery. Number two, bigotry. Romans hated the Jews, and it is obvious by their vile behavior. They beat Jesus, dressed him up in a purple robe, plaited a crown of thorns, and placed it upon him, spat on him, plucked his beard, laughed at him. There is little doubt they enjoyed doing this to a Jewish man. Not only did they despise the Jews, but this certain man all of the Jews despised, which made it even more of a pleasure to demean one of their own while they joined in chorus. These men were prejudiced in their line of thinking. If you've seen one Jew, you've seen them all. Number three, greed. Under Roman law, the soldiers had the right to the clothes of the executed. We like to imagine Jesus wearing a loincloth on the cross as the movies and paintings have shown. But in all truth, Jesus was stripped of every last piece of clothing. We don't like to think of that because it's offensive to us. It is embarrassing to talk about. But you see, the humiliation of crucifixion was part of the execution. It was a way to discourage others from committing crimes. It was said to be one of the most cruel and humiliating ways to execute a criminal and make them a public example to reduce the crime rate. But to the point of materialism, all the criminal had upon him now belonged to the soldiers in charge of overseeing their death. It was an added bonus, so to speak. So that day, while they sat at the bloody feet of Jesus, they were too busy to notice the man Jesus because they were too focused on casting lots for the one piece of garment that had value. They were too focused on what this could bring them to see that the man on the cross could give them eternal riches. Is it possible that there are some in the church that have become too familiar with the cross? 
We see the cross all shined up and upon many necks, ears, t-shirts, and means of execution has now become a fashion statement. Some of us have become so familiar with Jesus, what Jesus did on the cross, that we are no longer moved by it. We've become numb to it. Some may even at this point be bored by this book on the cross. Sometimes those who are closest to the cross end up rejecting him completely because of monotony. Is it possible there are some that have been hurt by someone who claims to be a Christian? Perhaps a preacher has turned you off or a church has rubbed you the wrong way. Maybe you've been hurt by the hypocrisy of a Christ follower. Have you yourself become a racist against Christ because of some that have misrepresented him? I encourage you to see past flawed Christians and see Christ himself. Is it possible there are some that have been more focused on what Christ can give them that they have forgotten what Christ gave them? Is it possible there are some which have used the cross as a means of gaining riches? Is it possible there are some which go to the cross only for a prayer answered and walk away when Jesus, out of love and mercy, answers? Only to have that person come back in a time of need and repeat the process over and over. Is it possible just to have a hand reached out away? I'm sorry. Is it possible to be just a hand reach away from the Savior and to miss him altogether? Yes, it is. And as those four soldiers show us how we see their exact same behavior happening today at the foot of the cross. I would like to inform you my intentions within this entire text of this book will be to focus completely on the cross of Jesus Christ while showing you without doubt that Jesus fulfilled every every prophecy, every shadow to the letter. My heart's desire is to give you the entire gospel and to draw you nearer to the cross than ever before. As you begin to have a deeper understanding in how Jesus fulfilled every prophecy without doubt or speculation, you'll be able to answer those tough questions instead of avoiding them. With the help of the Lord Jesus Christ and His Holy Spirit, I pray, instead of boredom, you will find the love, adoration, and personal relationship with Jesus Christ that you have longed for. I leave you with this question. Pilate asked for you to ask yourself, Matthew 27, What shall I do then with Jesus, which is called Christ? What will your answer be today? Before man and before all of heaven, I pray this book will stimulate your spirit and draw you to stay near the cross. May God bless and keep each and every one. And then I had signed my name, Pamela J. Baker at the time. I'm Pamela J. McDonald now. Joyous in Jesus. Watchman on the pod. So that right there was the introduction. I'm going to leave that there because we're just going to go this section by section, little by little, you know, line upon line. And I just want to share with you what Jesus did for us. And this is why I believe it's okay for a follower of the way, Jesus Christ, to celebrate Passover and to enjoy what he has done for us and be thankful always remember where he pulled you from just as the children of israel just as the jews today they remember egypt and how he pulled them out of egypt egypt represents sin he pulled you out of sin it is not heretical to celebrate passover not at all but it is heretical to celebrate 
Istar Easter. I love you all. Till next time. Bye-bye.